The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Yes, sir, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Boston Podcast, the city's only Monday through Friday daily podcast that... I know about, I, as I always say, there might be others. Don't get all PO'd if you happen to have one, and I'm not mentioning you. Just tell me, shoot me an email, david at pod617.com, and uh, we'll talk about it. I'll have you on the show. How's that? How's that for an offer? Now, on the show intro, you hear a, a certain athlete proclaiming at the end of that musical tag, this is our effing city. That's David Ortiz, and as we record this, we have just learned within the past 24 hours that David Ortiz was shot... It shot in the back in the Dominican Republic, and he's alive. Thank goodness. Who is trying to murder our hero here? This, I mean, what is going on? I, I mean, is that not the weirdest thing you've heard in forever? Um, I'm looking at my my guest Kendra Wild Wild, who is, is still sitting here. I haven't scared her off yet. I'm going to tell you all about Kendra in a minute. But before we get into all about you, Kendra, wasn't that weird news? Yeah, I think it's heartbreaking. I yeah. love Big Papi. Of course. And, and you know, I listened to that show intro, and that was famously when he got up and he dropped an F-bomb, which was, which was later supported by the FCC, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> he was, you know, this is our fucking city. You don't mess with us. And that was shortly after the marathon bombings. And so he spoke for us. He really did. And it was, it was what we needed. Oh, and by the way, he won the World Series for us later that uh, year. Big Poppy, we hope you're okay, man. Uh, you know, as we record this, we don't we don't have any more information. You haven't heard anything, have you? No, Kendra? Um, he's stable. He's stable, so so that's good news. And the I I uh, I do not envy the guy who did this because apparently he already got pounced upon and probably beat the crap out of him and everything else. Anyway, Big Poppy, hang in there, man. We miss you, <laughs> Kendra Wild. Let me get to my guest because it's <laughs> about time. Stop blabbing, Dave. Uh, Kendra Wild is the founder of Wild Peace. Now, what, what might you say is Wild Peace? Well, first of all, it's a nonprofit. Second of all, you can find out more info, before I forget, wildpeace.org. That's wild, the typical spelling, W-I-L-D, and peace. Tip- I don't have to spell everything for you people, do I? Wildpeace.org. And the mission of this particular organization is to bolster parent well-being in the face of intense parenting challenges. Anyway, um, and I don't mean to make fun because this is serious and it has to do with me and my child and many other parents, but after that long intro, Kendra Wild, welcome to the program. Thank you. You can say hi now or anything you want to. I'm going to take a drink of water. Can you talk for the next 20 minutes? No, I'm just kidding. So so tell me, (laughs) give give me a little more color about Wild Peace and maybe sort of how, why you were inspired to to start this. We'll we'll start with the softball question. So tell me about that, Kendra. Well, I'm a mom of three boys, and they're all in their uh, early 20s, late teens, but growing up, one of them struggled a lot. Never really quite fit a certain diagnosis, but along the way, I ran into some serious health issues Mm -hmm. related to chronic stress, Mm. and it was 
scary. It was like a big old wake-up call for me that um, I needed to do something to address the stress. So, you know, I went around to a lot of doctors and alternative care providers trying to figure out really what was going on. And people people were probably saying, well, of course you're stressed. you got a lot going on. Right. right? But But I was like fatigued beyond belief. And a Mm -hmm. good night's sleep didn't put a dent in it. Yeah. So I went to doctors and people thought I was kind of crazy. And finally, someone did a test and said, you know what? You have almost no more cortisol left. That's a stress hormone we all need. Okay. So you needed to regulate I needed stress, to, it? yeah, learn how to deal better. Yeah. Okay. And is that something, it's not like they can give you, oh, here's a, here's a jar of the stuff, just take take right. two of these daily. <laughs> it's not that easy, right? No, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. No, it's more like um, a lot of little tweaks in your habits and your mindset and learning how to just kind of adjust to your new normal and take it in stride. It's like they talk about you can't change the waves, but you can learn to surf. It's a lot of that. Yeah. So I now this is interesting to me because as I've talked about on the podcast many times, I have a lovely son named Adrian who's twenty, who's about to turn twenty-one on Friday. Woo-hoo. Adrian, yes, uh, twenty-one years old, um, hmm. and um, we're not going out drinking because it's not his thing. <laughs> he, he has autism. Okay, so Adrian has autism, and he's doing awesome, but he's always going to need some help, and as such, I've been embedded in the special needs world in one way or another for a lot of my professional life and um, met a lot of people around this, but did you look at this and say there aren't a lot of these groups or maybe they, they weren't any focused on the parent? Yeah, I just looked around and I thought, what the hell? Everything out there <laughs> is focusing on sharpening our parenting skills. Here, let me tell you more things you can do for your child. And I didn't see a lot of resources or policies or practices focused on just the parents themselves. And if you think about it, you take your kid to a therapy appointment, they have 45 minutes, you know, to work on your kid and tell you what you need to be doing better. Nobody grabs you at, at the end of the appointment and says, and how are you holding up, yeah. dad? Um, yeah, it's, it, you're absolutely right. And yet, it's like if you, if you want to be a good parent, it would stand to reason that you have to take care of yourself right. first. I mean, for uh, a litany of reasons. And, um, you know, you and I probably had it, easier than most. I have friends on Facebook and and elsewhere that I notice they have children with severe physical challenges. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, I say I just don't know how they do it. That's like the cliche, but I really don't know (laughs) how they do it. And, um, you know, once I saw one, like one of the moms said she was posted pictures of her like in Bermuda or someplace. And it was a bunch of moms who had kids with the same affliction and it was this is something serious like like serious physical problem mm-hmm. and so they must have partied their faces off just to <laughs> relieve some stress <laughs> you know and i know you know going to bermuda once a year isn't necessarily the tonic for yeah. for the cures all but um but i was kind of happy for so in so tell me what kind of um stuff that the your nonprofit does um give me a little more mm-hmm. uh, specifics as to what's going on well part of it is about micro action self-care because self-care gets kind of a bad rap. I think uh, it sounds like really indulgent to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And what I believe in is that you can just make teeny tiny tweaks in your day. And it's true. I, my cortisol is back, so I know it works. Um, that you can just make small shifts in your mindset and your lifestyle habits every day, even in the middle of you know calamity. And, and that helps you be a better parent because then you can kind of find your center when things get tough 
and and make sure that you have enough to give because when we are able to stay strong and calm, it, it's like our kids feel that vibe. Oh, and, for sure. Oh, know, I think they definitely huge, pick up. Yeah, it has a huge impact. So there's a real reason. It's not just for you to practice self-care. It's, it's, to, it's for your kids. So my son absolutely can pick up on things even though yeah. he, you know, he's not the most communicative Dude, he's often, hmm. you know, his head buried in his iPad, but he can be in the car with me and seemingly not paying attention to me. And if I like yell at somebody in traffic, he'll go, Dave's getting frustrated. Dave's getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. Are you frustrated, Dave? He, he calls me Dave. He hasn't called me dad, I, mean, I think, ever. So <laughs> God bless him. But yeah, they absolutely can pick it up. Um, so micro, what did you call them? Micro? I call it micro action. Micro action. Okay. So you need these micro actions during the course of the day. So I guess if I'm hearing you right, it's like 11 a.m. gin and tonic, and then like you know 12:30 martini, margarita. Yep, yep. No, well, no, okay. So, <laughs> so I assume that's not it. You forgot so the give, coffee in the beginning. Oh, you need coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you have coffee and caffeine, then the, alcohol. That's all. That's it. Yeah, there's somewhere around you know 5:37 p.m. is where it crosses over, and it's uh, <clears throat> well, I'm not describing my life though. I mean, uh, we need these things sometimes, but I but I kid. Uh, so. This, these could be little things to relax you, yeah, take a break. Be. Yeah, it might be you decide to take the stairs to an appointment instead of mm-hmm. instead of the elevator. And maybe you drink a big glass of lemon water or pack a bag of almonds to have a snack when you're at an appointment. Maybe you just um, pay attention to your voice in your head and try to be a little kinder to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Maybe before bed you put your legs up the wall and just kind of let yourself decompress. Mm-hmm. A lot of mindfulness-based stress reduction techniques work. Um, so my website has a lot of these things on it. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast is another element about bolstering parents, wow. which is like... Hold on a minute. Okay, I didn't bring up the podcast yet. No, <laughs> you you're supposed to ramble. This is a podcast. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Okay, go But on. I was... No, I was going to give the podcast its proper due and its proper okay. hype. So... Kendra has a podcast called... We're just calling it the Wild Peace for Parents podcast? Yeah. Can you say it five times fast? No. <laughs> <laughs> so go to you go to wildpeace.org and there's a very it's a very easy to navigate by the way. Podcast is one of the first buttons and you'll see that um, Kendra has a very strong looking and I should know I'm the podcast guy, very strong looking season one where she and tell me about some of the folks that you've interviewed on the show. Oh, I've had a cool mix of parents because I'm trying to get parents whose kids have all different kinds of challenges. Mm-hmm. I have a mom, a single mom who immigrated here from Puerto Rico, who has a son uh, with autism. He's nonverbal. I have um, a mom who's got two kids with different differences in their learning styles, and she's also a special ed teacher and just has a really cool point of view because she's a STEM teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just conversations with parents because part of... Part of um, one of the best things, I think one of the most powerful things is finding other parents who've walked this path or maybe even they're a little bit ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And they just have so much perspective because they're not in the thick of it anymore. Mm-hmm. Did you, you, and so you took advice from folks like this, like podcaster now. You're like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And do, um, you, do you find yourself now being more the advice giver? I definitely get a lot of calls. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you tell uh, when someone first comes to you and says, my child's just been diagnosed with XYZ, or maybe they haven't been diagnosed, mm-hmm. as you've described, it can be an elusive thing. 
uh, do you tell them anything to sort of calm them down? You don't. You, I mean, you, you might not launch into. Well, do the do the micro actions. You might right, not right. say no, that right away. No, they're not. They're not there. They're yet. not ready. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. There's so much to say. Part of it is, is just saying. Well, first of all, just make sure you got a really thorough diagnosis. Make sure you know you can figure out what's going on. Sometimes it's a little more complicated than what you get in your first you know, review from someone in school mm-hmm. and you need to learn a little more. Um, mm-hmm. and some people are afraid to get a diagnosis. I hear a lot of parents say to me, Oh, I think he's struggling with this or I'm worried about her and that, but you know, my husband doesn't want to get a diagnosis cause then the kid will have a label for the rest of his life. And, you know, and I think that's, that's, it's a real consideration, but it's so important to get over that and figure out what's going on. Cause the earlier you help them out, the better for everyone, and, and you don't want to damage their self-esteem along the way, just dragging them through struggles yeah. without getting help. I hear that too, and yeah. um, it's a part of the podcast where I drop something on the floor. Let's see, it was <laughs> some just... sort of remote control. So I dropped something during every show. That was the forty-seventh straight show where I have dropped <laughs> something. Thank you. I, no, thank you. Really. Well, I couldn't have done it without um, my clumsiness and my absent-mindedness, and it's just just happy to be here. Buddy, I'm Chamita Perel. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional, you should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head, literally. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships, clients, and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. Go to Pod617.com to start planning. And in the meantime, listen to the great shows they've already produced. The Irreverent Bitchless Bride Podcast, the hilarious show known as Shawshanked, and the wild trip through the paranormal that is Monsterland. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com. In pod, we trust. We were saying, um, yeah, what I, what I say to, have said to people is it gets, believe it or not, it gets better. Mm-hmm. Because, because typically, you know, that first year, that first moment is it just people's minds are blown. People are like, you know, totally. you know, it's like, I didn't sign up for this. How are we going to do this? It's going to be too hard. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Every bad thought you can possibly summon, like runs through your, mm-hmm. your mind about how hard it's going to be. And like, I tell people it is going to be hard. Like it's going to be hard, but it's like those parents of the kids with the severe physical problems. And I say, I don't know how you do it. And I think they say the same thing that I say when people say similar things to me is that like what 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 choice do you have you know you don't you 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 don't you're the parent you're not gonna turn them in you know you can't go down to walmart and say i want to return this for a different (laughs) model you just you can't and so you you find it within you but i just tell people you know a a year from now you're gonna look back and you're gonna say dave you were right it it it's better it's not it's never gonna be perfect they're always gonna be little things that remind you that your kid is taking a different path but um, it eventually, I don't know if you f- agree with this, but the, 
you you at some point find a time to actually celebrate that your kid is is different. Like there are there are these little moments where you're like, huh, you know what? You know the parent of that boring typical kid down the road who's you know the captain of his little baseball team and leader in Cub Scouts, whatever silly thing he's <laughs> doing, he wouldn't give me the joy that my kid just gave me. Do you ever find that? Yeah. Like oh yeah. I think that. Yeah, you tell people, you know what, it will get easier. It's a super steep learning curve, and it's really hard emotionally just wrapping your head around this new world that you just landed in. But then something transforms inside of you, too. You you just start to really appreciate how the beauty of different people, and, and everyone has different strengths, and it's just kind of makes you appreciate people for who they are instead of trying to force people to be what we what we all, as a society... Yeah, you know, aspire to. Yeah, because the I don't know the older I get, and I am uh, becoming an old man here, right before your eyes, Kendra. My yeah, apologies. Ancient. Yeah, uh, but you you learn that um, more with every passing year. I think I believe more and more that you just have to know that life doesn't follow a script, and any person who seems to have it all figured out probably doesn't. And mm-hmm. if that person who you think has it all figured out, if you asked them, they would probably say. I don't know. I haven't figured out life. I haven't figured out all its twists and turns. I don't necessarily know what I'm going to be doing five, ten years from now. Because um, everybody's got something. I mean, exactly. everybody's, everybody's got something. Everybody's got something. You can't yeah. compare their perfect little outsides to w- yeah. all that you know about on your inside. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so I had a question for you. I'm looking at all your podcast guests. Where, pray tell, are the dads? I'm looking at all moms. Are these all mo- well, moms? They are. They yeah. are moms. But okay. I have... I have a dad, two dads in the can. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, I do. I have a couple dads. Thank you. Two da- two da- well, you better let them out. <laughs> I know. I, I got to let them out. Okay. So that's good. So They're two, coming. Two, two dads are on the way. Okay. Well, very good. Um, so um, people should check out the website, right? If they have suggestions as to be a guest on your podcast, can they do that? Yeah, they okay. can go to my website. You can do suggest a guest under the podcast, or you can just email me at Kendra at wildpeace.org. Cool. And if you go to that website, you'll find all past episodes of the podcast, or you can listen on Apple Podcasts or pretty much any place. We were talking about this before we started recording, Kendra. Pretty much anywhere you find your podcast, you're going to find um, the Wild Peace for Parents podcast. Did I say it right? You did. All right. Well done, Dave. You got one right today. Um, we're, Kendra's going to stay with us because we're going to play an installment of Good Stuff, everybody's favorite segment, where you get a little something of a recommendation of a TV show or some such thing. We are going to talk TV today. So I'm very excited. I'm a child of television, and Kendra just admitted that she and I just binged the same thing. It sounds like we just ate like a birthday cake together or something. No, we, we binge the same thing. We're going to tell you about it in a minute. But before we do that, let me take just a minute to tell you about a different podcast you should be listening to. It's called Are You Not Entertained? Featuring Eddie, Nathan, Eddie Nathanson. Eddie, I'm sorry I just screwed up your name. Oh, I've known him since he was a young lad of nine years old. We went to summer camp together. This is true. Eddie Nathanson, Red Pill Talent. All episodes of his podcast appear on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Eddie talks to some of the best experts in employer branding across the country. Companies need talent. Ed finds out how to stand out in this crowded field and attract the right people, but he also has a crazy amount of fun blasting you with pop culture from Spider-Man to Seinfeld, from Tom Brady to Bobby Brady, from Terminator 2 to Tupac Shakur. Subscribe, share, and consume this delicious pod. Are you not entertained? Pod617.com, 
the Boston Podcast Network, in pod, we trust. And if you want your own podcast, that's also the place to go, pod617.com. Come here to our Westwood studios. It's not bad here, right, Kendra? No, I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we just painted the place, so that's nice. And we got a little bit of cool artwork, and I have a Ron Burgundy uh, bobblehead doll that kind of watches over us. It's a calming influence. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, before Kendra bolts um, from the, the studio, because I think she's getting tired of me, uh, you can dis- you can disagree at any time, Kendra. Hello. Um, Hello. Um, is this um, thing I'm, on? Never mind. No, this is fun. All this right. Fun. All right. I know. I kid. Let's play good stuff. That's not the right sound effect, Dave. That's the okay. So here, here's the thing. Here's what's mm-hmm. going on today. I, I can't see. I can't freaking see today because I had an eye infection over the weekend. And I think it's a combination of the ridiculous pollen and these issues I have with my contact lenses and got like a, what you would think of as just, you know, it's, a, it's an eye infection. I don't want to cry about it, you know. And uh, I even had like the leftover little drops they gave me the last time I had an eye infection. So I tried it. What wasn't working. And now it's like cleared up, but I can't see. And so... If this is my last podcast, everyone, or the last one, at least with a man with vision, um, I want to say that I regret nothing. And uh, because I ranted mm-hmm. and told you that boring story about my eye, I at least found the right button so we can now can indeed play good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's the good stuff. That's what I said to you, Kendra. Just before we started recording, I said this is a very, what did I say? It's like spur of the moment podcast or yeah, very love like it. behind the curtain. Life isn't perfect, you know? Sometimes you press the wrong button. <laughs> Story of my life. But listen, we're going to talk about, uh, well, you tell tell me, what did you just see? It's, it's an HBO show, right, Kendra? Yeah, it's on HBO. I just, mm-hmm. after Game of Thrones was over, I was feeling oh. kind of empty. Yeah, me too. Um, I watched Chernobyl, Chernobyl and I couldn't stop. Watch the whole thing? Yeah, so I watched it as well, and it was um, excellent. Very well done, and uh, five episodes, I think, yeah, altogether. Yeah, like five or six. I, I don't was remember now. Yeah. I've got, um, I've got the trailer here. Let's listen. Well, the good we did. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that to them, justice was done. See, a just world is a sane world. There was nothing sane about Chernobyl. You got the chills. Yeah. So I think the rest of the. Oh, all right, we'll listen a little more. The situation in Chernobyl is stable. In terms of radiation, I'm told it's the equivalent of a chest x ray. No! Chernobyl is on fire. And every atom of uranium is like a bullet, penetrating everything in its path. Metal, concrete, flesh. Now Chernobyl holds over three trillion of these bullets. Some of them will not stop firing for 50,000 years. Yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy. All right, well, we get the point. Um, so, obviously, this really happened in, was it 1986? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's right. And you said, um, 
Like, do you remember it when it happened? Yeah, I remember hearing about it. I don't remember. I don't remember knowing that it was as serious as it was. When you watch right. this show, you say, "Oh my God, we could have, we could have ruined the world." Yeah, and we ruined a, a, a significant part, part of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do some uh, non. We'll do non-spoiler first, and then I'll alert everyone if you want to go watch it. I'll go into spoiler zone. But hmm. but it's actually. A True event. I don't know if you can it's really spoil well this. Really well done. Really yeah. well done. Really well done. So it, it follows the main the main character. I guess you'd you'd say. And again, based on based on true events. But they did take certain liberties, and they they sort of like the character of the female scientist. I, I guess Kendra is an, is an amalgam of a bunch yeah. of different people. But there there really was a guy, Lega- Professor Legasov, and this is played by I don't know the actor's name. Uh, Look it up yourselves, people. Come on, I'm not going to do everything for you. But he, <laughs> I remembered him from Mad Men. He played a uh, kind of British interloper into Don Draper's firm and uh, was excellent in that and pretty much plays kind of the same character in, in this one. Um, so, But let me go to you first, Kendra, since you brought it up. What, I mean, what did you like about, about it in general? Like, what was memorable about it? About oh, the series? I, just, I like how they showed so many different angles. Like you see what this, this scientist having this dilemma of should I tell the truth and risk getting, you know, shot <laughs> or, or, exactly, yeah. or what? And then you get all these little small nuances. Like you get to know the lady who's pregnant and what happened to her. And you get to see what happened to the yeah. birds who used to be flying. Yep. And you get to see all the different workers who had to sacrifice. They had no choice, but like the coal miners and all these other people who had to come in and help out with the cleanup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never knew any of that. Yeah, neither did I. And like you say, explores little parts of the story that you wouldn't have thought of. One example is the the subplot of a young, I don't want to, I don't want to say soldier cause he wasn't even a soldier, but I guess the, it, this became a military operation. Mm-hmm. At least that's the way it was depicted. So, so people had to report at one point they say, we need 175,000 men to clean this up. It's like, Oh my God. But this one young kid shows up and he gets teamed with these oh, two veteran yeah. soldiers. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. And their job is to kill. Maybe is this spoiler? Pro- okay. Spoiler alert. All right. Bit, spoiler yeah. alert. Okay. So there might be some spoilers. <laughs> job is to kill every animal that they see and he and sure enough like oh, the f- it's awful. yeah he like walks like you know less than a mile and sees this adorable dog like like looking up at him and it's his job to, and just how gut-wrenching that must have yeah, been like the cleanup that yeah. and like having to churn all the soil for miles and miles and miles they had these workers and they're wearing like a mask yeah <laughs> there's no way it protected them from what you know all that radiation. It made yeah. It made me think. There were several times during the course of the show where I said, where I was telling the characters, "Well, get away from there! Don't touch that! Don't touch that!" <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because they, you know, uh, the as as you find out in the in the show, this stuff is so powerful that it can last for and and the area itself remains unsafe. I heard it's unsafe for like ten thousand more years, which essentially means no one's ever going back there ever in, in the history of anything. But there were pieces of this graphite after the explosion. And by the way, I love I love the way they did it because when they got yeah. to the last episode, I was like, well, what else is there left to tell? And what they did was they flashed back to the moments before the explosion, which I then realized, oh, yeah, they didn't show that yeah, the first time. Yeah, you got the prequel. Right. So what did you think about, um, like, um, is what were you troubled? Like, how did you feel about the way Russia handled this? Because it was a combination of, of, you know, literally trying to put out fires, 
but also there was cover up. Yeah, I thought it was it was scary because it showed you like all government's incentives in some ways are to hide their inadequacies. It's yeah. embarrassing, right? Um, but it was. I'm at sure our current. Peril. I'm sure yeah. our current administration here in the United yep. States would never do anything like well, that. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, tell me more. I'm sorry, you were saying. No, I, that you got it. I yeah. just think that you know they don't show very well. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're trying to cover up. They And they also, they didn't have the budget. They shouldn't have been messing around with mm-hmm. this kind of power, nuclear power, because they were doing everything on the cheap. Mm-hmm. They didn't have all the backup and the redundancy and the safety covered, yeah. even though that was a standard that was well-established around the world at the time. Is Would it have been not a good show at all if they had actually done it in Russian with the subtitles? Because so for those that yeah. haven't seen this, it's all in English. So they did the, they did the work for you. And sometimes I don't understand. I don't know if this was produced by a British TV company or something. But they the, had a British accent. The, all they? the yeah. I mean, I think all the actors were British. Um, the main dude, I presume, is British because everything I've ever seen him in, he's, he's British. And then the other dude, uh, who he's got a weird name. I'm gonna I'm gonna muff it, but he's. He was one of the three guys in Mamma Mia. That's what I think of him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, so he plays kind of more of the government higher up. He's British, I think. Anyway, the point... I just forgot. I forgot that they were speaking English. See? You didn't even yeah. think of it, did no. you? <laughs> yeah. It, it it bothered me a little bit. Were you a fan of The Americans, that TV show? Yeah, I liked that too. So that one, they had subtitles, but that one for obvious reasons because most of the time they were speaking English even though they were uh, pretending to be American when they were truly Russian so you needed the subtitles with this one no subtitles they pulled the same trick they did in Hunt for Red October Sean Connery and his crew no subtitles either I don't know I think about these things I worry. I don't know why I don't know why <laughs> and then once in a while there would be something like I wonder if that translated the right way from Russian and some all the signs depicted in this show Chernobyl are still in Russian that kind of gave yeah. me a headache Anyway, <laughs> I'm nitpicking now, but I will say this: I thought. So, who was your favorite like character? Well, I, I liked the woman, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why, of course? Because she, she was, was like the a smartest. nuclear physicist, and yeah. she was super smart, and she was in the background doing kind of all the dirty work that that set the case up to yeah. um, to do the right thing. She was mm-hmm. um, she was great, and you can tell that. We were going to meet that we had met a heroine in the moment when she discovers she and her partner at some lab, like hell and gone from Chernobyl. All of a sudden, they're picking up the, this radio, and they said the first one of the first things they say is, "Well, it can't be Chernobyl. That's like too far." And then you realize, mm-hmm. like, bam! But you know, um, <laughs> so that was cool. She, yeah, she was, and she got arrested, and then she got sprung, and and it it really captured that Russian. Unfortunately, it's kind of like, I don't know how the Russian government feels about it. They probably don't like this, I'm sure, because they've been trying to hide this stuff. The, the moral of the story was like, I mean, once, the, once we knew that the, the reactor had exploded and exposed the core, which was like, that was the whole thing in the beginning, like the, the denial, the culture of denial, is like denial and cover up, it was both, yeah. right? And fear. And fear, yeah, because they... How many times did, did they keep saying, well, it's not the core. The core couldn't have exploded. Like the whole first episode. And to the viewer, we're all saying, oh, I hit my microphone. <laughs> we're, all, we're all saying, um, uh, uh, we, all, we know the core like, exploded. Hello. <laughs> yeah, hello, guys. <laughs> yeah. Can we get a move on here and start with the cleanup? Yeah. So anyway, the, the, the last thing I just want to say is the guy who played Lagasov, this British actor. 
He was great. He was terrific. Um, he deserves an Emmy for this. But I will say I couldn't get out of my head that so you find out in the opening sequence of the show that he hangs himself, okay? And then the whole rest of the show is kind of a, a flashback because he can't get over, and you heard his voice in the trailer we just played, he can't get over the guilt of what happened, you know, many, much of which was, for reasons we won't go into now, was preventable, right? I mean, it seemed like, like when you finally hear why it happened, you're like, oh, geez, it seems like a pretty mundane thing that, right? It could yeah. have been so he can't stand it, even though it wasn't his fault, but in, over the stress of the whole thing and telling the truth and not telling the truth, he hangs himself, which is the exact same way he went out on the TV show Mad Men. Oh. So I anytime I see this dude in a future show, I'm going to be like, hmm, I'm not betting on you for the long game. <laughs> it's kinda, he, he's been typecast as a guy who goes out that way, which is a really dark way to end the podcast. So instead... I will remind you to go to Kendra's website and um, and check out her awesome, awesome, awesome organization. One more time, where people can find you, Kendra. Yeah, it's at W-I-L-D-P-E-A-C-E dot org. And, ma- and make sure to binge that podcast. Um, subscribe to it. And uh, Kendra, will you come back sometime and be on my podcast? I sure will. I this would was be, fun. Thanks. Have me on your s- silly podcast. I'll have you again on my silly podcast. Let's do it. That's that's what we do here in the podcasting world. But um, Kendra Wild, you're awesome. I hope you had fun. Thanks, and Dave. I did. Awesome. And if you like this podcast, I have no idea why. Get a life. Get a life. No, what I was going to say <laughs> was... If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or a colleague. That's how we spread the word about this thing. If you're interested in your own own podcast, go to pod617.com. You could be a podcast star sitting right here next to Kendra and I talking about who knows what and then getting your message out in this new innovative form. It's just that much fun. It's just that cool. All episodes of this podcast, pod 617com Boston Podcast Network. That's enough plugging for one day, I think. Big Poppy, hang in there, man. We miss you. And uh, on behalf of Kendra, this is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy your day, everybody.